0: Welcome it's to ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. And then there were eight. I hear crickets from State Farm Arena,
1: so should I be concerned?
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, the W out here being so disrespectful to our girl, man, what is going on?
1: This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts Now.
0: I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1's your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But, T, when you think about what we talked about when the starters were named Ronald Acuna, Sean Murphy, and Orlando Arcia. we talked about how on Sunday, They were going to name some more names. There were going to probably be a a significant amount of more names to be added to this roster, and we were exactly right. Matt Olsen, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Spencer Strider, and Bryce Elder. But I think the question is, T, coming into this season, we understood the Braves were going to have a stacked lineup if they were able to remain healthy throughout the season. But did you see this many people making this all-star team to start to see uh, at the beginning of the season coming in?
1: I don't see how you could, not just the number, uh, but who? Because if you had asked me, <laughs> yes. Bryce Elder, nope. If you had asked me, Orlando Arcia, remember the guy who we had in the third seat behind Vaughn Grissom and Braden Shoemaker, yeah. Nope. At some point and in even, time, yes. Right, exactly. No, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Not just some point in time. through the first part of this season. Let's just keep it
0: real. No doubt. At least the first month. And then when he
1: went down with his injury, then you really got concerned. But he came back all guns blazing, all respect. Bryce Elder, you're the opening day starter at Triple A Gwinnett. That's where you are. So no, would not have expected those two names just, you know, to name a few now. Everybody else, I think, uh, good to go. Sean Sean Murphy, you get him because he's the best catcher in baseball. And then he shows you the goods elsewhere. Olsen, well we kind of thought, okay, this might be a one for one at first base. And it pretty much is because that other guy who was at first base all those years, of course, he is an all-star too. And Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, I think you and I have said over and over again, we don't talk enough about Ozzy Albies. So I'm glad to see him get his third nod. And of course, Austin Riley started off slow, but just continued to grind, got back on form and, and here we are. So no, the answer is never could I have seen eight because, Those are like all, those are Pro Bowl numbers because you have 22 starters, right? And then you've even got guys on special teams. So eight, if you're in the NFL, sure. But Major League Baseball, that tells you just how dominant these Braves have been. Yeah,
0: they've been dominant. And you think about like one of the things that, you know, because there's a a thing that, you know, like you said, coming into the season that we were really thinking, right? Like we knew that this lineup was going to be super stacked and and given the pitching rotation coming to the season, that which included Max Free and Kyle Wright, yes. obviously that's not the case. And then we've learned that, you know, those guys have been pushed back just a little bit more, you know, as far as August and September respectively is when um, we'll see, we should see uh, Max uh, Max Free and uh, Kyle Wright. But like these, like a guy like a Bryce Elder, that's one of those names that, like you said, you're the opening day starter for the Gwinnett Stripers. And Elder talked about how, yeah, it was unfortunate because he was vying for that fifth that fifth spot in the rotation, but, like, he, he stayed the course, right? He, he understood that, hey, I know that I belong. I just have to go get myself together in, in AAA. And then his opportunity came about. Now, granted, you would hope that it wouldn't come from your 20-game winner uh, last year and your Cy Young candidate, you know, uh, going down. But, like you said, he able to step in. You know, in the top, in the tops in the, uh, ML in Major League Baseball and ERA with a two four four, so those are some of the things that you look at and say, you know, oh, what this is where this Braves team is as far as being able to plug and play, and then they got some young guys who've been eating up some innings as well. So I think the All Star piece is, is 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 I'm not too shocked, but I am shocked the fact that you have with all of the history that you had with the uh, Braves starters, you know, um, getting, into, getting into the all, All-Star game together, you know, like the last time two starters from the Braves baseball team have made the All-Star team t was, uh, was back in 2000. <laughs> it was at Tom Glavath and Greg Maddox. When you think about that now, <laughs> and then the two that make it are Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder. you're just like – That's something that I said at the beginning of the year, if two starters from the Braves team were going to make it, I definitely didn't see this one coming, for sure.
1: Yeah, and even a month ago, most people would have told you Spencer Strider, that's a joke, because (laughs) when he had those two losses, I mean, people, like, they were hair on fire with it, and it's like, okay, right, but now we're talking about 10 wins, and he's at the top of the heat as one of the only three pitchers in the national league with double digit wins so that is astounding and going back to one thing you said about freed and right the reason that the braves can comfortably push them back to august and september is not only because of what strider's able to do and elder's able to do but also what charlie morton continues to do
0: yeah that's charlie morton is is a guy that you know we're talking about being able to grind things out like he's the guy that that He's the epitome of that, you know, grinding things out and, and getting to the point where you are. Hey, we know that he's not going to be great like a, in a dominating um, type of situation, but I, I think that you know what he brings to the table and the experience that he has. I think he's some, he's some, somebody that that the Braves are going to have to lean on at some point during this season, and I think I feel like he's been able to do that, also. You know, you know, the Braves did win a series over the weekend. They swept the Marlins. And 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 to be honest with you, I'm gonna ask you were you surprised but i think uh charlie morton uh, wanted to uh chime in before before that, in that well. room, i
1: really don't think that they know what's going on i just think that they're like we're pros we're good dudes like we care about each other and we we go out and play and i that's what i'm seeing they're all pulling for each other they're all supportive of each other they're extremely positive and relaxed they're really
0: humble for how good they are for me to be in that clubhouse i feel so spoiled it's kind of surreal actually it's like such a good group of dudes that are so good for me it's a really special time in my career just to watch what they're doing and to watch the quality of people that are in that room
1: and spoiled surprised and surreal spoiled yes surreal yes surprise no yeah, yeah. spoiled because this I mean, it continues to be an embarrassment of riches. I mean, how many superlatives can you give? Every time you think you have given the most superlatives, they come up with something else. The 21 and four record, right? Yeah. That's one thing. Plus 71 differential in runs in the month of June. That's another thing. You go back to, of course, the eight All Stars. That's, I mean, you could just run it down. Uh, you mow down. Like you didn't just beat the Marlins. After the first game, Jarvis, I almost texted you because. Friday, we asked the question of who was this series mo- most important for, and I still stick with my rationale for why I thought it was most important for the Braves. But I think that the point that you made was even better because it was the it's the Marlins looking up, thinking, "Hey, this is our opportunity to show that mm-hmm. we're not just a team that's three three and a half games back, but we're going to mow you down." And at the end of this series, we could be at the top of the heat. You're anything but. You are nine games out. And then what is it with the Phillies, 13, and with the Mets, 18 and a half? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. But again, not surprised because as the Mets continue to implode, as the Phillies kind of go up and down here and there, and as the Marlins get brought down to earth by the Braves, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not surprised. This is, in fact, Jarvis, here's a great stat as well that tells you why not to be surprised. This is the third, the third eight-win streak for the braves this season and then when you look at that june clip yeah you can look at some of those games the 23 the 26 you can look at some of those games about a little over half that were played with teams that are subpar probably not going to make it to the postseason if you will right but 12 yeah. of those games were played with teams against teams that will make it to the postseason and the braves didn't just beat them the braves dominated most of them
0: yeah and like i said coming into this series i said it um, earlier And last week, I was just like, I'm not, I'm, this is not a big series for the Braves. This is more important for the Marlins because the Braves are going to do what they've been doing. They've been kicking the crap out of everybody, like I said, and now they almost have a double-digit lead in the NL East. Now, T, you said you want to give somebody some flowers. So, you know, I definitely have to open up the floor for that because that's what we do on this show right here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we always like to give credit just as we give criticism. But credit is always given on this show to Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snicker. Yes. But when you look at the infield and the fact that four infielders are all-stars, I love what Ozzie Albies did. He gave the flowers to Ron Washington. So I yes. want to give flowers to Uncle Ron as well because he said to Ozzie post-game, that that may have been the most emotional time for him, maybe the best he can think of, because that speaks to just how much, remember Jarvis, how we talked about Austin Riley, and he was hitting for power when he came up from the, the minors, and then all of a sudden he just fell off, because mm-hmm. pitchers had figured him out. Ron Washington got him back on track, and you could have that conversation, not just about his infield, but really anybody, but that speaks to what he's been able to do, and then I'm going back to what you said. No Max Fried, no Kyle Wright, Rick Kranitz gets this entire pitching staff all the way together. Ups, yes. downs, ins, outs with the bullpen. Somehow they just get it done. So I just wanted to give those guys flowers because we don't talk enough about Ronald, Ron Washington. We don't talk enough about Rick Kranitz, but we will today.
0: Absolutely. And Rick Kranitz is the type of guy who would probably be like, you know, you don't have to mention my name. I'm cool. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. He, he's just that type of guy. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the cool part about this whole thing, this organization as a. A, a, as a whole, because yeah. they are – it's just so many key pieces that as to a reason why this team is playing the way they are playing. It's not just the players and the coaches. It's the, some of those people behind the scenes that are making them moving and sh- moving and shaking, excuse me, you know, just to make sure everybody's doing what they need to do. Now, speaking of doing what they need to do, um, I don't think the Hawks are doing what they need to do, T. Uh, like, yeah, I have a feeling, a sneak suspicion that, you know, the Hawks – <sighs> we're gonna talk about it that's coming up next but first got to let you know that this episode of atl day ones is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook it is the number one sportsbook in america folks guess what they have the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars for all the people who have not you know join if you haven't joined if you haven't joined what are you waiting on so yeah go ahead and go over there say hey i'm a new customer what can i do what can i take advantage of you can take advantage of the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars as bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win guess what guys it is safe it's secure it's super easy to use and all you have to do is just go to the, the website fanduel.com because also you don't have to wait around for your money either. If as soon as you win that bet, that baby cash is out right then and there. So there's no wait. So all you gotta do is go to fanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's how you can support the show. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel. It's official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball Copyright. So use with permission.
1: Make sure that you actually bet on the Braves. That's probably your better bet. Wouldn't bet on the Hawks as far as will they make a bold move this offseason or will they not? Because I think it's really something to where it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. We really don't. I mean, we understand what they're doing kind of sort of because we have said that we think we would probably land at a reset versus a rebuild, Mm -hmm. but it certainly doesn't appear that it's, kind of moving boldly to be able to compete with the likes of what else is going on. So I looked up something that's really essentially all the free agency moves in the first three days, going back to June 30th, Mm -hmm. right? And when you look at those dates, when you, excuse me, when you look at those dates, it's crazy and not just the dates, Jarvis, but it's the people and the kind of moves that they're making. Like when you look at, Uh, For example, uh, and I'm going to go kind of low to high, if you will, but Mo Mo Wagner, you know, he signs his two year deal with Orlando like right out of the gates, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, fine. That's one of the guys who you might have thought maybe would come this way. Not so much as far as, you know, a center replacement. And then you continue to look at the moves that are made, and Jock Lindell goes to the Rockets. That's another name you've heard, four year deal with them. Jay Crowder picks up a, a one-year contract with the Bucks. That was another name of somebody who, hey, maybe kind of, sort of, would he? No. Max Drew mm-hmm. said, you know what? Although we don't play the same position, if Dame Lillard is going to South Beach, I'm going to, to Cleveland. <laughs> right, and it yeah. just goes on and on and on. All of these players that you know are making these moves that maybe make your head, like a little bit of a head scratcher, right? Because these are all guys, as an example, who had been either reported to possibly be coming here or were postulated to possibly be coming here. So all of that said, and that's just that's not even the whole list, right? But if you think the lack of the moves to start a, a sign is a sign that the hogs may stand pat, let me know why. Because hey, we're only a couple days in. We we do recognize that it could blow up, and boom, they could go and make some big moves. But right now, are the lack of moves to start? this free agency period assigned to you that they're standing pat yes or no
0: I think it's I think it's a yes I'm leaning towards yes because here's the thing like we all understand why John Collins was traded like yes I thought the reason that John Collins should have been traded in my mind is because I feel like he has maximized what he can do for this team with this roster with this coach going forward yes but I think that that's probably one one of the reasons why the Hawks traded him. But I think the other reason to add to that is, hey, we're trying to stay away from words like apron. You know what I'm saying? I think yes. that's what the yes. Hawks are trying to stay away from that. dog on luxury tax because guess yeah. what? Here, and here's the thing, team. Yeah. Like some of those moves that you talk about, right, we understand who the contenders are because those were some of the teams that were the, probably the most busy. I feel like the Lakers have done a yes. tremendous job as to yes. – making sure that Bron mm-hmm. going to have to play 82 games or 65 games or 70 games. You yes. can probably take some games off because you have guys that can come in and fill in and do what they need to do and still win games as they go along. But, mm-hmm. I, I, but the Lakers are contenders, right? You know, uh, yeah. we, we talked about the Miami Heat. They reportedly are going to try to pursue Dame Lillard. We know yeah. Miami Heat, that's contender. And Mm -hmm. when we think about, you know, teams like the, you know, I say Lando Magic, you know, those teams are trying, they're still rebuilding, right? They got a lot of young talent, but they're still kind of on the rebuild phase, Mm -hmm. right? So I know what they are. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the Hawks? Here's why, this is why I feel like the Hawks are going to stand pat because I don't know what they are. Because I'm not, I can't say they're contenders. But mm-hmm. I can't say they're fully, you know, rebuilding for the future. Because they sure. have guys and money, yes. contracts, in fact, contracts and people getting paid. So when yeah. you're in the middle T, that's when I really feel like, hey, you're going to have to figure out a way to stand pat. That's why you bring in a guy like Quinn Snyder. Like, hey, here's a group of guys that, you know, pretty good. We got some guys with some superstar potential. And mm-hmm. we got some guys that, you know, hey, they just need a little bit more coaching so they can kind of establish themselves and what role they're going to have going forward. That's where that's where you look for the upgrade, and that's right. why I feel like you know the upgrade is not necessarily going to be from a big bold move, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be from the upgrade that you had from a coaching standpoint in Queens. Yeah.
1: That could be true. And I would agree with you. I don't know that they're going to make a big splash because, you know, word is they went after Ty Ty Washington and yeah. Usman uh, Garuba. We know that they gave Harrison Matthews the one year deal. Yeah. So when we look at those situations, those a lot are of all very essential
0: subtle power.
1: <laughs> exactly. Very yeah. subtle. Right. To get mm-hmm. your your backups at the forward position, because you're probably going to give that opportunity to Sadiq Bey or Jalen Johnson to get that starting role, if you will. Mm -hmm. So to me, it looks like, like we had mentioned a little bit last week, that maybe they do have confidence that they have someone in-house who can take on that that four position, and maybe they're just going to stand pat at three and five. But I think for me, what just kind of makes it uncomfortable is what you just talked about. Like, it makes sense to me, all the moves that the Lakers made, right? Even the Suns. The Suns have been actually very active, too. Last person, of course that they reportedly are signing is Eric Gordon. So I'm looking at those teams and woo, but then Jarvis, this is what concerns me a little bit. The Hornets gave Miles Bridges a qualifying offer. I'll, I'll be at a one year deal. Not much, less than seven mil. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: they're at least saying that we think that he's going to be a part of making us competitive. Right. Yeah. And so, hey, we'll go out and we'll just make sure that we can at least secure him. When I see moves like that, or I see something like, you know, a Jordan Clark Clarkson to the Utah Jazz. And of course, they believe that there's gonna be something good coming with John Collins. I think that's where I start to get a little bit concerned because those teams, and I know um, you know, the jazz are on the other side. So let me just focus on the Hornets being on the east. It's that middling group. The yeah. middling group keeps yeah. getting better, either and the middling group actually either better or okay with a rebuild so they know who they are and that I think is the concern for me because when you look at Hornets or you look at the Raptors all of those teams that were bottom of the barrel and we know the Heat were in the weird place number eight we know that was just an anomaly but if you look at where the rest of those teams are and some of the moves that they have made so far either in you know retaining talent or securing talent that I think is where I get concerned because Brooklyn made some quiet moves this off season, but they're going to potentially pay off the bulls made a move or two the Raptors. I think they're just saying, scrap it. Yeah, We're yeah, just going to re- yeah. reset ourselves. The make Pacers. It. Yeah. The Pacers are doing some, some solid things as well. So that's my biggest concern drivers. And that's one of the reasons I don't know that I think they're going to make a bold move because I just feel like the teams around them hovering in that 6, 10, 8, 12 spot in the East. They all kind of have already made moves or to your point, identify themselves as an obviously rebuilding team but that said we hope that that's not the case because i mean if the raptors are rebuilding they still have some pieces you can go and get and those pieces aren't all expensive but if you bring them here somehow upgrade your team immediately
0: yes and i'm glad you brought up the raptors because hey there were some reports that you know the uh the the hawks are still inquiring about pascal Pascal he only Um, has one year one one year left on his contract so And I he is a couple million lower than Clint Capella. Yeah, yes. you save
1: three mil. So and good. you have a younger <laughs> player. So, mm-hmm, no, you're so absolutely good. right. So, yeah, yeah, right now we're saying no, but we certainly hope that tomorrow or someday during this week that we can go, well, not tomorrow because we're off too, but Wednesday, yes. Thursday, or Friday, we can go, ha-ha, we were wrong, and we love it. This is the this is the reason you want to be wrong. But everydayers, what do you guys think? I mean, Hawks were quiet this weekend, but do you believe that they actually will be bold enough to make – that kind of move. And what do you think about the Braves? Man, oh man, I'm sure you guys have some superlative or some little niche of a nugget that we just missed out on. Let us know. Drop it in the comments on YouTube. But don't forget as well that this is the podcast where you get all your ATL info, all the downloads on sports. So download us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when you think about, you know, when Ryan Howard came in, all the hoopla and everything, and she was drafted, and I was just like, your number one overall pick. And I'm just like, yes, she, this girl can get buckets. Because, you know, I was like, man, you know, people don't – there is some um, growing intrigue about the WNBA. Now it has got his own nickname, the W. But – you know when they named the All Stars team, you know just all those things I just named, right? Ryan Howard as living up to the number, being the number one overall pick. You know the W starting to get a little bit more, you know, eyeballs on it, and and she been hooping and to the tune of she dropped forty three points on everybody, you know, and, and against the Sparks in a route against the Sparks and broke a franchise record for points in the first half with twenty five. T, and I'm naming all of these things, and she didn't make the All Star team. Please tell me why this young lady did not make the All-Star team. Please tell me you have a great reason as to why she didn't make this All-Star team this year.
1: I have no idea. I mean, I've been scratching my head. And I think Tanisha Wright, the coach, has scratched her head as well because I think she's trying to figure it out. And she literally said, and her opening statement, like she does not pull any punches. And her opening statement was about five or six words. Ryan Howard is an All-Star. And then she paused and she said, open for questions. (laughs) I was like, you know, yeah, that's her. She was like, period. Like that end of story. We're not having a conversation about this. And I think the reason she said that is because, yeah, she feels just as like dumbfounded as the rest of us feel. And don't get me wrong. Alicia Gray, very, very worthy of getting that all-star reserve nod. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cheyenne Parker, no question having the best career of uh, the best season rather of her career in the WNBA. But For the W to think that Ryan Howard, who's showing why she went number one in last year's draft, but like you said, is someone also that at the end of the day, she dropped 43. She had six threes that she made. I mean, that's ridiculous. 70% from the field in one game. and, And she did that. Why? Because they made her mad because they made her mad they made her mad so yeah i think that you might when you have the opportunity to maybe plug in some people because this player is injured or that player is not able to make it she might want to be the first call you make
0: absolutely she definitely should be in that bad boy because you know at the end of the day like i'm maybe i'm gonna try to see if i can be you know, play a little devil advocate on this piece, like maybe because yeah, what they're in the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference, yeah, or four games yeah. behind the New York Liberty. Who's in the number one spot in the East? So, then maybe but, have some
1: reason to it. But I guess, the Mystics yeah. are under four hundred. I mean, five hundred. They're one of four teams, and mm-hmm. amazingly, EDD, Brittany Sykes, Shakira Austin's injured, and you know. Anywho, I just say that to say, like, sometimes I think that. It, I know what it is. Now that I've been in Atlanta for so long, sometimes I feel disrespected just like y'all.
0: <laughs> yes, I, right. I feel bad. Like, yes, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry.
1: I, yeah, I got a little chip now that I've been in you guys' faces and places for so long. The
0: end. The end, indeed. Now, we just talked about Ryan Howard being disrespected playing for a professional team in Atlanta. We used to kind of used to that from the national media. But T, like this probably is the only time that I'm going to get a city of New Orleans some love, because Jeez. guess what? Man. That boy Juvie, yeah, I said it like that. That boy Juvie over there uh, uh, on Tiny Desk, oh, my goodness. First of all, did you check it out? And secondly, like, I don't know about you, but for me, this kind of, brought back memories. Like, I I literally went back to the times of all that music, and I was just like, man, I remember when I was doing this, and I remember when I was doing that. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, like, this was some good times when this music came out. But, yeah, shout out to Juvie for putting it down on Tiny Desk.
1: Oh, yeah, I went it's funny because he didn't even know what tiny desk was let's start right there and uh, yeah he, he somebody yeah somebody was like julie for tiny desk and he was like tiny off, desk guys. what was that anybody gonna tell me
0: <laughs> what that
1: is. Yeah. so he literally was like oh but i'll do it that's what i love about games been, just yeah. like jeezy you know being mm-hmm. able to play with the atlanta symphony orchestra The reason I'm saying that is because 50 years in hip hop and look at the versatility, right? So I really, really love that he came in and Juvenile didn't just come by himself, right? He brought Manny Fresh, who is like one of the top producers ever in hip hop. Let's just give him that. And then he also brought, right. Then he also brought Trombone Shorty, who is a Grammy Award winner. John baptiste another Grammy Award winner. These So that he would have a live band acoustic feel to it. And he brought two singers in as well. So yeah. I just love all of what he tried to do in that tiny desk and even appeasing the crowd by doing back that thing up not once, but twice. So, yeah, yeah. now, of course, yeah. I was sad because he didn't <laughs> like do one of my uh, favorite songs. He did slow motion, I think, but he didn't. Yeah, do he did um, moves, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did that. Um, he didn't do bounce back. But Juvie the Great is my favorite um, album from him. But he gave everything to the point where I called one of my homecoming chairs and said, so how much is it going to take for us to get Juvie from homecoming?
0: <laughs> wow like, yeah like like seriously t like when you think yeah. about like the, like i even th- th- think about like huh i remember when that when yeah, that, when lot that lot joint dropped that. And like they, what you know, is the it new yorkers like what what is that what is all that foolish yeah. but you know being from the South, <laughs> years
1: play it by the way yeah two oh my God. whole years before they Which play is- it
0: which is absolutely ridiculous, yeah. by the way. When you listen to, like, the wordplay, because when you have the, yes. the acoustic sound, you kind of hear the, the lyrics a little bit, yes. you know, from uh, you hear the lyrics a little bit better, or they highlight it more, let me say that. Yes. And, and I think that you just kind of hear the wordplay, hear the story that he We talked about the stories in, in hip-hop and how, yes. you know, rappers tell stories as they go along, and it was just, like, dope just to be able to hear what he was, you know, speaking on from the, yes. at that time. And I was just like, man, this is, like, just... Prime just like really good music, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was so localized back yes. then because you know everybody was repping where they're from. You know, mm-hmm. nowadays you don't know where nobody from. You no. know, when you think about hip hop, like, is he from Atlanta or people just right. assume they're from that? Oh yeah, he's from yeah. Atlanta. Like, yeah, no, he's not. But you that's know, so hey, that's, that's what we're gonna go with. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think that back then everybody was ripping where they're from, and you just hear the lingo and the, the dialect and all that stuff. It, just, it was just so cool, and then just yeah. Manny Fresh. Can I just speak on Manny for a little bit? Just the And you could tell, like, he came up with all of those ad-libs. Those weren't, like, sounds that were, you know, produced. Like, he literally made those ad-libs and those sound effects himself. He was like, oh. I was like, he made that sound? I was like, how the heck did he do that? It just goes to show you, like, he just has an ear for music, and the talent is just oozing out of of his pores, you know, when you think about just the things that he was able to do with big timers and cash money and juvie and and uh and G- Wayne you know and
1: expanding and, G- and starting to go into those other markets and yes. you, hear, you know a you know a Manny song when you hear
0: absolutely you no know many yeah, when you absolutely. hear absolutely so yeah absolutely.
1: I, I really appreciate that too bringing Manny in there because i think that was also an ode to the guy who underwrote you know putting bounce music on the map and kind of putting new orleans on the map after you know of course Master P did his thing in No Limit, but course, ultimately yeah. speaking, yeah. But anyway, guys, you should check out that tiny desk. It is cool, even though he didn't you know, do my bounce back song. You can go check that out on YouTube because he tells a powerful story in that song as well. But yeah, he reminded you of just how much of a lyrical genius he is underrated. But you know who's not underrated? The Braves, as they go in and take on a sub-500 Guardians team. And they are going to wrap up just before the All-Star break with six games on the road. Starting tonight, Bryce Elder is on the bump so you know what to do come back tomorrow we'll talk Braves and hopefully maybe kind of some Hawks moves we hope so but if you come back then you'll know whether or not we talk about it
0: and last but not least make sure you guys do if you don't do anything make sure you enjoy the holiday be safe and share love show love and most importantly spread love see y'all on Wednesday. Wednesday